This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another all-new episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tale with Gwen Cooper. I am Gwen Cooper, your host, and delighted to be here with you um, after having taken a week off due to, um, yeah, just some ongoing COVID issues I have, and, and that would be the sound of Miss Fanny the Cat joining me here in the closet where I record this podcast. We're going to talk about Fanny a little bit later in the episode. Fanny's been exhibiting some unusual behavior yesterday that I want to run by all of you. Um, But first, yes, just to account for the gap last week, um, I appear to still be afflicted with, I, I, I can't say it's long COVID. It just seems to be a very slow COVID, if that makes any sense. Um, There has not been a point where I have been really sick. Like after the first couple of days, I would say that I have not been sick enough to be in bed Um, or or it's nothing incapacitating. It just seems to be a very slow moving case of COVID. It it started in my eyes, as I told you guys in the last podcast, and then um, kind of moved down into my nose and my throat. Um, Now it's in my chest a little bit, but I just have had this persistent cough and I've been to the doctor. It's it's pure irritation in my throat. It's not a, like a heavy pneumonia-y kind of a, a chest situation. So yeah, it, it really stinks. But last weekend, I also I had friends in from out of town. And so we had like a lot of meals out and just a lot of talking and chit-chatting. And my throat was so raw. By the end of the weekend, I I could barely talk to anybody, much less record a podcast. Um, But here I am, the dog having eaten my homework, but I I confess it all to you now. I I hope you missed me. I missed you. I hope you missed me a little bit. Um, Not enough to, to be incredibly outraged that I wasn't around last week. Anyway... But I'm back this week and delighted to be so. And first up, first among the various things that I want to speak to all of you about today is Cobble Small Animal Rescue. Uh, Those of you who've been listening to my podcast since the beginning are familiar with my love for this organization and for Charlotte Maxwell Jones, its founder and current executive director. I don't know why I'm saying current except to establish that not only did she found the organization, she still runs it. Um, For those of you who are not familiar, Cobble Small Animal Rescue is pretty much exactly what its name describes. It is based in Kabul, Afghanistan. It was founded by an American anthropologist by the name of Charlotte Maxwell Jones, who went to Afghanistan to do some anthropological research and was not only horrified by the conditions that she found for animals, uh, many, many street animals in Afghanistan. Uh, Not only are they cats and dogs who are not only in bad shape simply because of the reality of of how hard life on the street can be, but there is also 
a, a fair amount of abuse. Um, dogs, especially, are not treated very well in Afghanistan. So there is certainly a great need for an animal rescue organization, to say the least. But of course, it is a dangerous and unappealing place for an American. I know Fanny. Fanny agrees with what I'm saying. Um A dangerous and unappealing place, uh, particularly for an American woman. And um, she obviously has quite a bit of local help on the ground and certainly a lot of international assistance in the way of logistics and fundraising uh, from people here in the U.S. and in Canada. I I really just cannot say enough good things. I'm sort of always awed in the presence of of what this woman has done and sacrificed and accomplished and the the incredibly difficult life she is living you know it's she's living in she's an american woman living in afghanistan and rescuing animals in a culture that does not respect animals and she is doing so no matter how much money is donated i mean obviously there's always tremendous need and Anyone here, and I'm assuming that's a fair percentage of you listening, who has run or managed or even just volunteered for a nonprofit animal rescue organization knows um, that that there's just never enough money. It is a, a very – so to to live on site at the shelter is to consign yourself to a, a certain level of poverty even over and above whatever other – cultural and physical discomforts there might be in a situation where you are living in Afghanistan, uh, especially current Afghanistan under Taliban rule. What I find very interesting, and and Charlotte, so the reason I'm bringing this up, by the way, the reason why we're talking about this now is because they are arranging for another large transport of cats and dogs from Afghanistan to Canada and ultimately to the United States. Um, Many cats and dogs are available for adoption. But of course, there is also a tremendous need for money and financial support. And I absolutely encourage everybody who is listening to please head on over to the KSTAR website. And that website is cobblesmallanimalrescue.com. Is it .com or .org? I want to say it is .com. Um, and that's all one word. And cobble is spelled K-A-B as in boy UL Cobble Small Animal Rescue. We are trying to get Charlotte to make a return appearance to the podcast. She is traveling right now, um, but I'm hoping to be able to set that up within the next week or so. What's the matter, Fanny? You can hear Fanny is not very happy with me right now. What's the matter, little girl? Okay. Anyway, every so often somebody will say, what's up with Fanny? You don't take pictures of Fanny. You don't talk about Fanny as much as you do Clayton. And fair enough, you know, Clayton is a very present cat. Clayton is just always, always, always with me. Um, Fanny is is much more reclusive. She's a little bit more of a loner. She's a very sweet and affectionate cat. She just doesn't need the constant attention that Clayton does. So that's why I don't talk or, or post about her as much. She's just not with me all the time the way Clayton is. But as you can see, she's still alive and well. Every so often I get questions about her health or whether or not she's still with me, um, which always makes me feel guilty that I am not giving Fanny her fair due. But anyway, as you can hear, um, she is alive and well and kicking. But getting back to the subject of Cobble Small Animal Rescue, um, I am trying to get Charlotte back onto the show. 
And hopefully that will happen sooner than later. You know, I find it very interesting. I I don't particularly dabble in any sort of controversial field or or topics. Um, you know, for someone who who has, let's say, as large a social media following as I do, and who has sold as many books as I do, I I, I don't want to overstate this, but the point being, if if you do anything really these days on social media or in the public eye, it's going to be somewhat controversial or, or somewhat offensive, if not wildly offensive, to some percentage of the population, probably not a small one. Things seem to be very polarized these days, and not even just in politics. I, I, I can't believe I'm already nostalgic for the days when we we just seemed to hate each other about politics. Now there's so much more that we are so angry about or with each other about all the time, at least here in the United States. Um, I, I cannot speak, obviously, in any kind of depth for other countries. But anyway, and I always feel, you know, having said that, and, and whenever I find this this state of affairs very upsetting, I find it very comforting to remember that I personally live in a very non-controversial world um, because I do find, I, I, I know that I have friends in rescue across the political spectrum, across the religious spectrum, um, whose views on social issues really do run the entire full gamut. And yet we are all committed to animal rescue. We are all willing to engage with each other on this topic where where we are in agreement and where like minds can meet. Um, I, I really almost never will put anything on social media that devolves into some kind of argument or, or dispute about anything. Um, very rarely do I get angry emails or comments from people unless I have, in somebody's opinion, made a factual error in something that I'm talking about. Um, I posted something on Homer's Facebook page this week about putting your litter box in front of your front door if your cat gets lost as a way to use the scent to draw your cat back. And there were quite a few people who let me know that that is actually not a good idea, that it can attract other cats or predators and might actually keep your cat from coming home. So then, of course, I heard from people who said, well, this totally worked for me. The point being that unless it's something, you know, that's one thing, a factual matter or or a question about what the best method of rescuing a cat would be is one thing. But generally speaking, I don't get a lot of controversy or disagreement and and it's it's really a very nice place to be. Um a very nice place for me to spend most of my time. But the exception to that does seem to be with Charlotte Maxwell Jones, um who again the the founder of Cobble Small Animal Rescue. This is a woman who has chosen to live in poverty in an animal shelter in the desert in Afghanistan. Um, and I, at any time she's on the show, and I remember uh, more than a year ago when, when American forces were first evacuating Afghanistan and we were trying very hard to help Charlotte get her cats and dogs that she had rescued out of the country and to safety. And we we did a lot of fundraising and a lot of social media sharing, and and we we did a lot from the sidelines to try and help. Um, and I got so much, so many unpleasant emails about Charlotte. And after she was on the podcast, um, I, I got a handful as well, and and people who just 
did not know her personally, I should say. I'm not talking about disaffected former volunteers. I was on a board with Charlotte and she's really bossy. I mean, it's nothing like that. It's not from anybody who knows her personally, but from people who don't know her and certainly have not visited her facility in Afghanistan. And I'm willing to bet have not engaged with her personally when she is here in the U.S. or Canada um, and and yet are convinced that that she is is. I don't know, up to all manner of theft and chicanery. Because, of course, if you were going to bilk people out of thousands of dollars claiming it was for animal rescue and then not really rescuing animals, what better paradise could there be for the spending of these ill-gotten riches if not rural Afghanistan outside of Kabul? I mean, when you think about dream destinations, if I won the lottery, where would I go to spend my money in style? Of course, Afghanistan is probably the number one destination on your list. It It, it is a bucket list destination for me. I, I cannot lie. I'm not as lucky as Charlotte is. Um, here I am stuck in my first world comfortable home um, when I could be living it up with Charlotte in Afghanistan if only I had as much money to, to spend on myself as she does from bilking so many people out of their money. Um, the... <laughs> All of that was sarcasm, as I'm sure you can tell, and it, it really is not. And it really has not budged me an inch on on the question of Charlotte. And by the way, Charlotte has also been written about in the Washington Post and and Slate online and a number of reputable. I mean, CNN. How whatever your feelings about you know whether or not you personally get your news from those sources, she's also been written about in Time. But enough reliable journalistic sources where you know once you get outside of of politics. Certainly, they have a duty to research and corroborate information that they bring to their readers. Um, I feel at this point, if if there were some sort of chicanery afoot, some actual journalist and and not you know some anonymous yob um, hiding behind a computer would be the one to uncover this. Um, but I do find it to be an interesting phenomenon that that of all the animal rescuers I've ever had. And and it, over the years, I've been doing this for 15 years, not the podcast per se, but certainly um, running Homer's social media accounts and using that to support animal rescue efforts. And I've been doing that for 15 years. And in the 15 years in which I've been doing it, and I have supported organizations and individuals, large and small, foreign and domestic, I mean, everything from, you know, small mom and pop kind of, of local shelters operated in places like Tennessee or Alabama to animal rescue organizations in Egypt or Japan. There, There is, you know, a, unfortunately, animal welfare is a concern, is something we have to be actively aware of and, and attempting to improve, not just in our own backyards, but all over the world. The, the needs are great all over the world. And Charlotte is the only, is the only person, is the only, or Cobble Small Animal Rescue is the only one I've ever gotten pushback on from listeners and readers. And, and it is consistent too. And I find it really interesting because I will say from my perspective, and I'm guessing probably from every, everybody's perspective, I personally don't know anyone or know of anyone who has gone as far as Charlotte has gone in her commitment to animal welfare. Again, she is an American woman voluntarily living in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan in, in poverty so that she can rescue cats and dogs. Um, 
I will also say Charlotte is she she is not she she's not an a perfect candidate for sainthood, right? Charlotte smokes. Charlotte curses. Um, Charlotte does not suffer fools gladly. She can certainly be short-tempered. I think like a lot of us who who work with animals, um, sometimes our social graces are not as flowery as they could be. And it's it's one reason why we tend to like being around animals who do not care as much for all of those social niceties as sometimes humans do, right? It's it's harder to feel like you're being rude to a dog than it is to a person. And it's also easier to avoid doing things that a dog or a cat might find rude. Um, Humans are are being so much more complex and having so many more rules governing interactions or what's considered to be polite interactions. Um, So Charlotte is not a perfect candidate for sainthood, but I really think that, you know, I think you look at somebody like Charlotte and and I think you have to be of one of two minds. Um, Because I look at Charlotte and I realize how far superior to me she is, how much more heroic than I am or than I ever would or could be. Charlotte is, this is, please, please don't, please, please, for the love of God, do not write to me and say, no, Glenn, you're amazing. I, I, seriously, she, the woman lives in Afghanistan. I, I, there is no one like her. There is no one like her. There is no one doing what she does. And I do not find that that makes me feel small. That I, I find it incredibly inspirational and it makes me feel large. It makes me feel the same way I feel when I, I, I read an, an, a, a novel that is so much, that, that is a work of genius, that is so much more inspired than anything I could write. Or when I, I watch dancers doing things with their bodies that that <laughs> on my best day when I was 12, I could not have managed. Um, but, you know, I, I just think to myself, look at what we can do as humans. Look at what we as human beings are capable of. And I am certainly as prone to envy, uh, believe, you know, as the next person, I'm envious of other writers all the time for their success or their awards or the money they make or or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm no better than anybody else, but I will say that when I read a, just a staggering work, uh, just a, a book that staggers me, um, like when I read Marilyn Robinson's Gilead, which I, again, in a million times, I beg of you, if you read one book this year, read Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. It is just a beautiful book. Um, Marilyn Robinson being an example of someone who is a much better person and a much better writer than I am ever going to be. And it doesn't make me feel small. It, it makes me feel bigger as a person that there are humans who can do these things. And I think a lot of us feel the same way. I, I think it's why we admire and we support so many of of the people, whether they work in animal rescue or or whatever the case may be. That transcendent feeling that you get when you are in the face of something that is bigger than you, but in a way that enlarges you. Um, But I think that there are those people who look at someone like Charlotte and say to themselves, she is heroic and amazing in ways that I could never be, and it makes them feel smaller. It makes them feel like they are less, and which is a, a painful and disturbing thought for them. So they immediately have to find the reason why Charlotte is actually not as great as she might seem to be. Um, 
I really just want to say to these people, it's like like you're standing in front of the Grand Canyon and nitpicking. Like, just shut up and appreciate the view, you know? Just shut up and appreciate that there are people like this. And thank God there are because they get things done that I think need to be done, but that I personally am entirely unwilling to do. There is just no scenario in which I would move to Afghanistan um, or probably even deeper into New Jersey to, for the sake of rescuing animals. I, I really do want to be clear how far from a Charlotte Maxwell Jones I am. Um, there are probably places in this country, reasonably comfortable places that I could move to and do more good than I'm doing here. And I'm just not going to because I like it here and this is where I'm going to stay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel sorry for those people. I, I suppose if and when I do get Charlotte back on the show, I'm going to have to say ahead of time, uh, please do not bother sending me disparaging emails. They will either go unread or be met with insulting responses. I, I did finally get really impatient um, with one of the people who wrote to me about Charlotte the last time she was on the podcast, and I did something I, I almost never do, which is I, I sent an insulting and unpleasant response. It wasn't so much unpleasant as it was impatient. It was insulting and impatient. Um, I basically let the person know that she was wasting my time and hers, but I did it in, I, I didn't use any profanity or anything, but I did it in less constructive language than I'm using right now. Less constructive terms. Um, anyway, so when Charlotte comes back on the show, you know what my position on the Charlotte question is. I stand with Charlotte and I stand with those who stand with her. And I cannot tell you that I've personally gone over her books I suppose. So if, if you want to consider that before you make a donation based on my recommendation that you do so. Um, but I have known of her and of her work for a couple of years now. And there has certainly been all kinds of opportunity for anybody who has any evidence of any wrongdoing on her part to bring it forward, and they have not done so. And um, I know that she does have a 501c3 status here in the United States, which again does require a certain amount of auditing of the books and be, you know, transparency to the IRS. So I feel if you are looking, if you have a few extra dollars to spend on animal rescue, um, over and above, let's say your own local animal rescue organization, I don't think you could do better than to support Charlotte and Cobble Small Animal Rescue. And I encourage you, strongly encourage you to please do so. And uh, with that, I'm going to do a, a one of my patented segue-less segues. Um, I don't really have a good segue here, but I am going to change the subject, as promised, to the subject of Fanny the cat, um, who I think is now, she was a little, little irritated with me before for not paying sufficient attention to her. I believe she is now uh, sleeping that off. In, in the bedroom adjacent to this closet. Um, but Fanny has started doing something a little bit odd lately. And in my experience, um, you know, every time I, I come up with something that I think only my cat does, I, I find that somewhere I have a listener or a reader who has a cat or knows a cat or has seen a cat who does the same thing. So I'm wondering if anybody might be able to shed some light on this to me. So the dynamic in our house is that Clayton mostly hangs out downstairs. Fanny mostly hangs out upstairs. Now, if everybody is upstairs, Clayton will head upstairs to be with the rest of us because he doesn't like to be alone. Fanny is much more willing to be alone upstairs. Um, she actually seems to kind of like it. 
By the same token, Fanny is also a social cat. You know, if I've been downstairs for several hours, I work downstairs and I come up, I always get a big greeting from her. She's always, you know, she always jumps up and runs over to me and she does this like incredibly deep stretch that looks like a bow right in front of me. It's her, it's her greeting and I love it. Um, she spends a lot of time. Lawrence works his, his, we have a guest room slash home office, which is where Lawrence works and that's upstairs. Um, if Lawrence is out of town, you know, traveling for some reason and he's not upstairs with Fanny, she does eventually come downstairs to socialize with me and with Clayton. I'm, I'm just trying to say, you know, Fanny is not, has not, is not one of those cats like Scarlet who just loves to be isolated all the time. I would say Fanny is more of an introvert in the sense that she loves to be social with us, but she needs more time alone to recharge than Clayton, who really never needs any time alone at all. Clayton is an extrovert. Having said that, a new thing that Fanny has started doing is that she will go into – so the, the guest room where Lawrence works and has his office, this is also where Lawrence keeps his clothes. Um, I use the closet in our bedroom. He uses the closet in the guest bedroom, primarily because the closet in our bedroom, a significant portion of it, has been taken over by my little home recording studio here. Not that this matters, except that Lawrence's clothes tend to be in that room. So when he takes them off and before he's either put them in the hamper or put them back away, um, sometimes there'll be things lying on the bed. And Fanny loves, 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 loves to curl up in one of Lawrence's sweaters or sweatshirts or hoodies or or the pair of jeans he just took off or whatever it is. Um, if it smells like Lawrence and it's warm from Lawrence and Lawrence has just been wearing it, Fanny loves to sleep on it or in it. What Fanny has been doing lately, however, is she goes into the guest room when Lawrence isn't there and closes the door. And, and she gets up on her hind legs and pushes the door closed from the inside intentionally and and then curls up on his sweater or sweatshirt or whatever it is of his that she is sleeping on. Um, she does this constantly. It used to be something she did every so often. She would do it not very often but it was something that I would feel, for example, when I leave notes for our pet sitters to make them aware of that we have propped open the doors upstairs. If you look upstairs and see one closed, Fanny's probably figured out how to close herself into it. Please open it before you leave so that Fanny can get out again. Um, and it was something she essentially never did when we weren't home. As far as I, I know, none of the pet sitters have ever reported it at any rate. And again, it wasn't something she did all the time. It was just one of those things that you know, it was often enough that I thought it was worth mentioning, but we're talking, I mean, maybe once a quarter or so. But now it is something that she does every day. And it's also become really pointed, in, in my opinion. Like if I'm hanging out, if I'm if I'm taking an afternoon siesta in the, in the bed upstairs and Lawrence comes in to chit-chat with me, Fanny will very deliberately go into the guest room and slam the door shut. Like, like our talking is disturbing her. Uh, but she also does it when we are both downstairs watching TV. Uh, occasionally she'll do it if Lawrence is in the room working. She does it sometimes, but mostly it is when Lawrence is not in there and either both of us are in our bedroom or if one or both of us are downstairs. Uh, every day she is doing this. And I don't you know, but then she also gets upset. Obviously, she's a cat. Of course, she eventually gets upset that she wants to leave and cannot. 
It'll usually take her a couple of hours. Uh, sometimes now we hear the door close. We don't run up anymore to let her out unless and until we hear her crying or, uh, you know, until we we ourselves go upstairs. I don't know what this is about. Um, clearly, she wants to be alone. But why she why she feels the need to go into a room and close the door is beyond me. I will also say something else she has started doing recently is I, I have kind of a, a joining my closet. I have like at least, you know, the, the big walk-in closet where I have my recording studio. It's part of, let's say, like a dressing room kind of a thing. And so I adjoining this closet is a, a space with like a sink. And, and anyway, it's where I keep my cosmetics. It's where I wash my face at night, where I put on my makeup in the morning. And there is a door that leads from the bedroom into this dressing room. And another thing that Fanny has started doing with some frequency is is getting up on her hind legs and slamming the door shut while I am in here. She does it from the other side so that I am shut into the dressing room and she is in the bedroom. Um, I, I'm not making any noise when I'm usually, I mean, when I'm in here, like it's not like where I hang out to talk. Right now I'm making noise. I'm doing my podcast. But, and she has not shut me in, actually. I think it's worth noting. But yeah, Fanny, I, I don't know. So I don't know if it's that she likes shutting doors or if maybe she is trying to shut me out. But I will also say that she has become, at the same time, also very into getting lap time with me upstairs. Like now, anytime I come into the bedroom, even if I'm coming in, I, mostly I come into the bedroom to lie down on the bed, either to take a nap or or at night when I'm going to sleep. But I also I always now I have to give her at least a good 15 minutes at, before time where she can just sit in my lap and I scratch her back. So I I don't know that she is trying to avoid me, although maybe she is. Maybe she just wants me when she wants me. I, I don't know. Maybe she just likes shutting doors, uh, but she never shuts this bedroom door. It's always the door to the guest bedroom. I really don't know. Uh, but yeah, this is Fanny's new thing is she shuts herself into the bedroom, into the guest bedroom. I'm honestly not sure why, but I am wondering if anybody listening might have a cat who does the same thing or something similar and if they have any hypotheses or possible explanations that they would be willing to send my way because it has become a bit of a puzzle in our house. I cannot lie. And with that, with that little hint of a mystery still lingering in the air, I'm going to say goodbye for now. Thank you so much for listening. And please, please don't forget to join me again next week. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline-loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book, or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me, and don't forget to hug your cat today.